Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from Wrigley Field in Chicago, here's Greg Matzik. Craig Matzik and Dom Catronio at Wrigley Field where the tarp is on the field. Clouds have settled in. A very chilly day for the Brewers opener. They fall to the Cubs 4-0. Sandy Max in our Capital Drive. Pardon me, force of old habit. Wow. He is in our <laughs> studios at the Avenue. We said goodbye to Capital Drive many months ago. Sandy is in a climate-controlled <laughs> setting. I am obviously frozen here at Wrigley Field. Hey, we do have Charles Benson coming up from today's TMJ4 Regarding breaking news, a grand jury in Manhattan has voted to indict former President Donald Trump. This is the first time in American history that a current or former president faces criminal charges. We'll size it all up with Charles Benson coming up in just a few minutes. We do want to get you What's on Tap, our weekly feature here for a variety of events happening in the Milwaukee area, Sandy. Get you ready for the weekend. You know, there's so many things going on. We know that opening day is on Monday we got the weekend to go through. So what's on tap? Uh, if you like music, a couple of options for you. Tomorrow night, the Red Hot Chili Pipers are going to be at the Marcus Performing Arts Center's Eline Hall. It's what it kind of sounds like. Bagpipes, drums, and they cover songs like Don't Stop Believing," We Will Rock You, ACDC songs, and some uh, Scottish originals. And you can have fun. They call it bag rock. So it's yeah. Red Hot... <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. They've played at Summerfest a lot of times, so I think a lot of you might have seen them before. But tomorrow night's your night to get on your bag rock, 8 o'clock at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. But if you prefer blues to bagpipes, you can go to Miller High Life Theater tomorrow night for the 10th Annual Milwaukee Blues Festival. That is going to be a star-studded lineup of blues artists, including Tucka, Calvin Richardson, Pokey Bear, King George, and Chick Rogers. That is tomorrow night at 8 at the Miller High Life Theater. And, Greg, are you a gamer? Do you have at least one console in your house? Uh, we do. We have a Nintendo Switch. Uh, my kids and, really, me, would believe that all the Mario things are hilarious still. <laughs> and we I can't think, get enough Mario anything. And I think you were uh, teaching your daughters how to play on a Metallica pinball game over your spring break well the midwest gaming classic could be for you and pretty much anybody you know who loves to game you can experience every kind of game you can imagine this weekend at the wisconsin center video games pinball machines arcade video games even board games and collectible card games heck air hockey it's all going to be there celebrate gaming you can play along with new friends 200,000 square feet of all things gaming friday saturday and sunday at the wisconsin center and you know easter is next weekend but you can hang out with the Easter Bunny on Saturday. The North Shore Kiwanis Pancake Breakfast with the Bunny. Because, you know, he's going to be busy hiding eggs and candy next weekend. So now you can enjoy him Saturday morning, 8 till 11 at Dominican High School in Whitefish Bay. A delicious pancake breakfast with the Bunny. You can get photos with him. There are even going to be raffle prizes. You can get your tickets at the door Saturday morning at Dominican High School or in advance at Winky's Variety Store. That is Saturday morning, breakfast with the Bunny at Dominican High School in Whitefish Bay. Just some of the things on tap to make the most of your weekend. Yeah, I'm in on the pancakes, out on the bunny. For those who know me well, know that the Easter Bunny scares the absolute daylight out of me. Oh! It always has. I am <laughs> frightened of the Easter Bunny. I've never been a fan either. It creeps makes me feel better. It absolutely creeps me out. But nonetheless, have a good time enjoying your pancakes at Dominican High School. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we do have Charles Benson coming up on the other side. We do have breaking news. We told you about it at the 5 o'clock hour. A grand jury in Manhattan voting to indict Donald Trump, according to multiple reports. The first time in American history that a current or former president faces criminal charges. We'll try and get an idea of what the timeline is here and what's next for the former president. Charles Benson of TMJ4 joins us right after this. It's 515 on WTMJ. 
breaking news. A grand jury in Manhattan has voted to indict former President Donald Trump, according to multiple reports. It's never happened before in American history that a current or former president faces criminal charges. TMJ Force Charles Benson joins us. Charles, we thought this would be coming. We weren't exactly sure in the yeah. timeline. Some thought last week, but here we are today with these reports. So what's next? Walk us through the next phase of this entire process. So what's next is really what will the former president do? Will he voluntarily turn himself in? And people think that's the likely scenario versus being arrested somewhere. So I think people are going to watch how that unfolds. And then like anyone else in this situation, they would have that mugshot and the fingerprints. And then you go through the process of the legal system, you know, being arraigned and sort of the court proceedings. So it will all fall into what is normally done in a situation like this but what is not normal is that it involves a former president and so that's what makes this such a stunning moment an unprecedented moment and one that will be watched closely through this partisan divide that we are now in this country and so i think uh you'll hear from people who are adamantly uh, think that this is a um prosecutor who has done something very political and others who will look at it and say look no one is above the law so i think given where this country is and how politically divided we are it will be largely viewed this process through that lens charles how do you think this indictment will affect the presidential race so that's what's interesting, and the only thing we have is some uh, polling done by Marquette University, Charles Franklin. Now, this poll was not a uh, state poll. It was a national poll that came out a few days ago. And when Republicans uh, were asked who are they are supporting now in this process, and there was just a long list of potential candidates, Donald Trump was number one at 40% in this national poll. The number two was Ron DeSantis, uh, the governor out of Florida. And and the perception is that DeSantis office offers the biggest challenge to Donald Trump's effort to try to win this nomination back. But what's interesting in this poll is that when the two names were just on there, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, that's where DeSantis is seen as by uh, he is ahead of Trump on this at 54 percent versus 46. So. In a Republican primary, uh, this will have a different take on it versus anybody who's looking at it and who could win in 2024. So I think as this unfolds, how does this look within the court system? And uh, as there is expectation, there's other legal trouble ahead for the former president on other investigations. So does it create a snowball effect for him? But as we have seen with Donald Trump, in a number of high-profile cases, high-profile stories that would be largely negative. He has found a way to survive these and actually found a way to sort of win people over as a result of these high-profile negative cases. You know, Charles, I would say ordinarily that the sight of a former president who is, you know, trying to seek nomination for another term in handcuffs is a bad thing. But then it's Donald Trump, and I like like he could make a big scene out of it, maybe pandering to his fan base and, and ultimately helping him down the road. Yeah, you used a key word there, ordinary. And this has not been the case in all the times that I've had a chance to either interview the former president or, you know, been at his rallies. He never sees himself as um, someone who has been 
hit hard by something either through the opposition or some through something uh, in the legal field. He, he, he's always found a way to rally people to his side when the odds seem the most stacked against him. And he's been very skillful in doing that, in bringing people into his base and onto his side, even when the odds are against him. And even as recently as a few hours ago, uh, Donald Trump on his Truth Social reposted something basically alluding to, quote, Democrats want to indict and arrest President Trump. They want a war. Let's give it to them. Is there a concern that this could get violent again? Um, I think any time when you live in the hyperpartisan environment that we have in this country right now, I think people all across the spectrum would always uh, wonder what will this mean as a result of that. And so hopefully uh, the, the prevailing thought here will be to watch this process unfold and to see what happens without anybody uh, taking any steps to sort of elevate it to more than it already is. But it is going to be perceived as something that is extremely partisan and it's going to require everyone just to say, all right, let the process play out here. Charles, I did want to touch base on the upcoming election. We won't have a chance to talk to you before then. Last-minute polling, what do the numbers indicate, and, and how big a day will it be coming up next week? It will. I think the one question I have, since we are seeing record amount of money in the state Supreme Court race, I think our partners over at West Politics now putting it north of $40 million. That's just staggering. It's not only, you know, the, the most expensive race in state history. It's the most expensive race in the country ever. And I think well, I'm wondering, with record uh, sums of money being spent on this, will we see a record voter turnout. Now, the highest voter turnout we had in this election for a state Supreme Court race was back in 2016, and that came just under 2 million. So will we reach 2 million? Other key races here were, you know, 1.2, 1.5. So I'm wondering, and I don't know if anybody can really judge this, because I haven't seen any public polling on this, but what kind of voter turnout do we get on a race that both sides say the stakes are high. It is an extremely important race, not only that it's got national attention, but it will have implications here in the state in terms of what the political landscape will mean going forward. So does that motivate 2 million voters, 2.5 million, or around 1.5 million? That's the big question for me. Yeah, opening day in Milwaukee, April 3rd. Election day, April 4th. A very busy week coming up, and Charles Benson is always on top of it. Appreciate your time tonight, Charles. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Yeah, chilly day at Wrigley Field. They got the game in. Clouds have rolled in. Tarp is on the field. Some rain expected down here over the weekend. You might experience every season in Milwaukee over the next few days. TMJ4's Brendan Johnson joins us from the Weather Center. Uh, temperatures actually on the rise here tonight. Brendan, rain coming in. What do we all have here? 
Yeah, it is not something that you would normally expect, but uh, we are starting to get those southerly winds in here actually sparking as I speak. Uh, just a couple of light showers have had some reports of some grapple and ice pellets out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, temperatures right now uh, steady in the 40s. So we've got some upper 30s out there as well. But by the time we wake up tomorrow morning, some places could be near 50 degrees. High temperature tomorrow of near 60, but we do have some strong storms during the afternoon and the evening. So the low temperature, I think, is 47 on your latest forecast. So yeah. is, is that an overnight low? Like, we'll, we'll rise to 47, and it, it might just keep on going up from there? Correct. So I predicted uh, that 47 probably around 6 or 7 o'clock tomorrow morning in Milwaukee. But we certainly could have places uh, farther south, you know, close to 50 degrees. But, yeah, that number's only going to go up as we head into the afternoon, just as those storms start to arrive on the western horizon. So Brendan, I, I did. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Sandy. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, thunder and lightning tomorrow night, and then waking up to snow on Saturday. Is that <laughs> is that what I should adjust my filter for here? Yes, exactly. So you brought in the other part of this. We're going to get winter on the backside of the system. But I do want to let folks know um, some of our high-rise models are showing two rounds of stronger storms tomorrow afternoon. So one perhaps about 2 to 4 o'clock. We'll have to keep a close eye on that. But the frontal boundary, which is what we were all concerned about and which could bring us the strongest storms, arrives in the evening in southeastern Wisconsin, probably between 7 to 10 o'clock. Uh, hail and high winds, the biggest threats. And then, yeah, as you pointed out, we got some strong winds on the backside of the system and even some snow showers. Actually, northern Wisconsin, they got a winter storm watch as all this makes its way through. So, uh, pretty potent system coming on by. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the idea here at Wrigley over the weekend, I asked you about this yesterday. Saturday and Sunday, there's baseball on the schedule. Do you think baseball is played? For, for Saturday and for Sunday, it looks like uh, it, it probably will be, although probably a little bit cold, uh, even at Wrigley. Uh, for us here at home, I know we've got the game on Monday. I have a couple of showers in the forecast, but we're really hoping those stay south of Milwaukee. Yeah, we do too. We do too. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a little chilly today uh, it, it, everywhere around Wrigley Field. Clouds rolled in. They've got a tarp on the field, so who knows what could be coming. It was in the 40s, but it certainly felt a little chillier than that. We will be on guard for whatever comes this weekend. We'll enjoy the sunny and dry moments, and we'll brace for the gusty winds and snow and sleet and whatever else comes. Brendan, appreciate your time, man. Thanks. We'll check in again soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You bet. No baseball tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow was a, a day planned for a washout today. So it was left open on the schedule. So we've got baseball Saturday and Sunday before the Brewers return home for the home opener against the Mets on Monday of next week. The Bucks of the big game tonight taking on the Boston Celtics could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals. Our friend Eric Name of the Athletic is at the arena. Bucks Insiders coming up after this on WTMJ. Bucks Insiders on WGMJ. Big night for the Bucks. They are back after a victory last night in Indiana against the Pacers. The Bucks on the home floor taking on the Boston Celtics. Could be an Eastern Conference playoff preview. At the arena is Eric Name of the Athletic. Settled again after his pregame hot dog. Greetings, Eric. Good evening, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well here at Wrigley Field. It was a little chilly. You've got the climate-controlled conditions tonight. Uh, it is night two of a back-to-back here. I guess it always begs the question, who's going to play and who is not tonight against the Boston Celtics? 
Yeah, the Bucks went out of their way to kind of plan for this one. Uh, gave a number of guys the night off last night. Joe Ingles was suited up, but he didn't play. Chris Middleton didn't play. Jay Crowder didn't play. Um, they really tried to load up and get themselves ready for this one because it is not just a back-to-back. This is their fifth game in seven nights. Uh, so this is, I mean, if you're talking about a test and kind of everything that you're looking at, this is about as hard as it gets in the NBA schedule. Five and seven is it really at the very edge of how far someone will push you and how far they're willing to go. So uh, this is this is a tough one, and you know I, I think you saw how difficult it can be. You looked at that game in Denver. Uh, the Bucks started off four of nine from the three-point line, and then I think they made five of their final 26 from the three-point line uh, to finish up that game in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. It can be really tough. Uh, I, I think the hope is that they rested enough guys last night that everyone will be good to go in this one and we can get a true playoff preview but there is always the chance that that just doesn't happen so we will see as as this game unfolds eric dom catronio here look 51 points is enough of a message from drew holiday last night but it still just feels odd i know the man was an all-star and i know the man has had an incredible season but does it feel like that kind of was just eh, 51 no big deal like not enough (laughs) attention was paid to that yeah, man. I mean, I, I will say we did our part at The Athletic. Uh, we had the headline up last night that he scored 51. I wrote another story about it uh, that we put up this morning. So so we tried to spread the word, but I, I'm with you, man. Like, this is it, it's a situation where I know it wasn't the most exciting thing. You know, Drew joked last night that uh, because he had 30 points in the paint, he felt like Giannis. But... He also mentioned I didn't have any dunks, though. Uh, And, you know, the highlights of Drew Holiday having a a multiple step-through move, a a slippery eel, uh, you know, some McHale footwork, uh, maybe doesn't pop on SportsCenter. uh, I can can understand that. Uh, But 51 points is a whole lot of points, Uh, no matter who you're playing, no matter where you're playing. Uh, And and I just thought he was fantastic last night. And, uh, unfortunately, I don't know how much shine it will get maybe you know on the tnt broadcast tonight because it did just happen less than 24 hours ago uh he gets some added shine and and we see because he's putting together what is right on the borderline of an all nba season i'm not sure that he's going to get there uh there are a ton of really good guards in the nba this season but he really should be in line for for those conversations to see if this is an all nba season for drew holiday in year number 14. Bucks and Celtics tonight. It'll get started at about 6.30. Our coverage begins uh, in about four minutes here on WTMJ. I, I can't help but think to last year, Eric, and how this season ended with the Bucks sort of punting on that final game of the season and then going into the playoffs, tied with the Celtics in the record books, but they lost the tiebreaker. And then we know that Game 7 ended up in Boston last year. Bucks had a chance to win it in six, couldn't get it done. Are you surprised that players have publicly commented how, on how they prefer to have the number one seed and they're going for it? Well, you're going to hear it on Bucks pregame coming up here in a couple minutes as they will play for you Mike Boonholzer's pregame. But uh, 
Mike Boonholzer was surprised to hear that his players had said that as publicly as they have. Uh, so, yes, I was surprised. This is not something that this Bucks team tends to say. They, they over and over again tell you that they are just trying to get better every day. That is their goal. That is their main focus. They don't worry about anything that's going on anywhere else. Uh, so worrying about the standings would be worrying about something that's going on somewhere else. And we've heard multiple guys say that they want the one seed this year. They want to get it done. And uh, obviously these things go hand in hand, right? Like if you're getting better every day and you're continuing to improve, you're probably winning games and you're probably getting yourself near the top of the standings. But the Bucks in the past have not made this a priority. They have not gone out of their way to say, hey, we want the number one seed. Giannis's joke. We won a championship from three seeds, so why not just be the three seed? Who cares what our seed is? We can do it from anywhere. So uh, it, it was a, a legitimate surprise. Mike Budenholzer was surprised as well. And, and we'll see. This is... A, a, Potentially massive game. If the Bucks win this one, uh, you're looking at a magic number of four going into tonight's game. That's a combination of wins and losses between the Bucks and Celtics. If they get one win, one loss, and the tiebreaker, that essentially turns the four four their magic number down to one after tonight. They would just have to win one of their final five games. Uh, that would be a pretty nice spot to be as opposed to keeping that number at four and needing to win four of their final five games with the Celtics having a pretty easy schedule to end the season. Eric, I, I got to ask, is Grayson Allen feeling okay? Is he feeling a little, little feeling himself a little bit this morning after that dunk he put on his former teammate Jordan Warrior yesterday? I mean, I couldn't believe he got up. Like, I just, I was shocked because, I mean, he got undercut a little bit in the air there. He's ended up being per perpendicular to the floor. And, I mean, maybe it's like an NBA floor is a bit of a trampoline that he just hit it so hard that it popped him right back up. But, I mean, he was up quick after that. But we were joking with him after the game, and he was like, yeah, you know, everyone was so excited. Everyone was so hyped. I just got up, and, and I felt okay. But... I sat on the bench for a little bit, and I was like, ah, that actually hurts. Um, so I was surprised not to see some sort of uh, hip soreness or anything like that, even if it was just to mention that he's probable or questionable for tonight's game. Uh, but I guess that maybe the adrenaline's going on a little bit further, and, and he just wants to be out on the floor for this game against the Celtics tonight. Yeah, you miss the dunk, you probably stay on the ground a little longer. You make the <laughs> dunk, and you're up, and you're hooting and hollering, no doubt about that. Eric, name of the athletic, read his work every day, is subscribe. It really is a treat to read Eric's work each and every day in the athletic. Bucks and Celtics tonight should be a great one. Eric, I always appreciate your time, my friend. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.